0: Hello, everyone. Leah Lem here. Thank you so much for your feedback on our Native Lights and our Bidapi podcasts. Cole and I definitely appreciate it. And we'll have more episodes coming your way. But in the meantime, we want to share our community conversations, exploring how Indian country in Minnesota is responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you find these conversations helpful, and we think you'll appreciate hearing from these wonderful people, sharing their voices, their wisdom, and insights during these challenging times. Miigwech, and thank you for listening.
1: This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations with host Leah Lem. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health.
0: Anin, hello, I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech, and thank you for joining me for these ongoing conversations, exploring how Indian country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic. Today on the show, how do we use art to adapt to crisis? Today, we're continuing our conversation about art and health, this week with artist Isabella Starr-LeBlanc. She grew up in the Twin Cities and is a writer and actress. But first, we here at Minnesota Native News have heard from quite a few artists. And even though the state is opening up bit by bit, many events have been canceled through the end of the year or end of the summer. So many people, so so many artists who would be performing live music at venues, performing shows, theater, doing readings are not, at least for the time being. In early April, during the stay-at-home order, Colprimo and I had a great talk with Marcy Rendon. Marcy's a citizen of the White Earth Nation and is an author, playwright, and poet. And she has a regular professional writing practice, so she was in many ways continuing on with her art, even though many of her events were cancelled. Marcy kept up a consistent art practice, but even so, found that her time was spent differently without all the events to do. So at the end of our conversation, I asked if she had a reflection she'd like to share with us. Here's Marcy Rendon.
1: I think that we really need to use the time that we've got to do the things that our heart is telling us to do. Whether that's do a podcast, plant a garden, um, finish a book, hold your kids. You know, whatever it is that really gives meaning to your life
0: marcy mentioned using time to do the things our heart is telling us to do to really take time for what's important in our lives or ask ourselves how can we make a difference or what's fun mainly what are we inspired to do The International Festival of Arts and Ideas is an annual event in Connecticut that brings people together around the arts. This year, it went virtual. And kicking off the panel called Stories, Sovereignty, and Imagining Forward was Chief Lynn Malerba of the Mohegan Tribe. And this was a bit of what she had to say.
1: It's especially important I think this year to use arts as healing. Our nation needs to heal from the virus that we've been undergoing. Our world needs to heal with all of the environmental challenges that we've had. So I think it's important that you continue on and that you recognize the power that arts has to change lives.
0: Again, that was Chief Lynn Malerba from the intro to the panel on Stories, Sovereignty, and Imagining Forward. The entire video and many, many more are available on the International Festival of Arts and Ideas website. Marcy Rendon and Chief Lynn Malerba together remind us to be inspired and to rise to the occasion. This is the time that many people will make art, will work, and will help heal and protect our communities. Art is so woven into our lives and culture, and we are all, or we all have the ability to be artists in our own way. And now, here's my conversation with Isabella Starr LeBlanc. Hello, Isabella. Hi. Nice to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Could you please, for me, introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hi, my name is Isabella Starleblanc. I'm a Sisituan Wapetuan Dakota actress and writer, originally from St. Paul, Minnesota, and currently in Minneapolis.
0: And how are you doing right now?
1: You know, I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful rainy day that I'm enjoying. And you know, after the the month we've had here in Minnesota, I'm feeling a little bit um, more centered than I have been
0: recently. You know, it's amazing the the healing that rain provides, yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how are you feeling with with what's been going on in minneapolis and and the relief maybe that the rain has provided?
1: Yeah, I'm, what I've been saying to a lot of people who have reached out asking me uh, about what it's been like to be in Minneapolis recently, um, my response has always been it, it changes day to day and that I feel like some days in like, you know, the past few weeks have actually been very joyful and very hopeful. Um, and getting to see this community come together and take care of each other and to demand change like that has been very healing and very life-giving. And then also some days are really devastating and really hard. Um, And it's been kind of this constant balance of holding those two truths all at the same time. Um, And um, so I've been, you know, struggling with that and honoring that and i think yeah today being with the rain and and letting this land get what it needs to get it, it feels good cuz it, it is a good reminder that you know this land knows what it's doing and it's seen a lot of things and it's always come out the other side so
0: absolutely and i'll just make sure to say his name george floyd who was killed and you know you, you just mentioned holding those two spaces. And that's just what what we're living in right now with unrest and, you know, hopefully reconciliation and justice and all of that stuff. Plus the pandemic Mm -hmm. where people are getting very sick. Mm -hmm. Um, People are dying, but also people are finding those silver linings Yep. so to speak, those, those moments of joy, those ways of like some people are getting back to tradition or um, just any way that people are really finding ways to be joyful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that's totally, I, I'm totally experiencing that too. <laughs> Great. So Isabella, can you tell me a bit about what you were up to before the pandemic hit?
1: So I'm an actor and I spend most of my professional life doing theater work. Um, And so this past year, um, I was primarily doing theater out of Minnesota. So I did a show in Cincinnati at the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company and then um, in D.C. at the Shakespeare Theater Company. And I also spent some time in Syracuse, New York and Colorado in between there. Um, so I spend a lot of time mostly doing um, new works, um, world premieres and adaptations and um, primarily indigenous stories, which can sometimes be hard to find in the Western theater world. But it's um, something that I definitely have a passion for and am excited about the, the progress that's been happening um, within uh, Native storytelling in theater.
0: And we first met, right, through New Native Theater. Yes. (laughs) In Minneapolis. So that was pretty cool. Um, How did you get into acting?
1: Um, I got into acting as a kid. I kind of stumbled into it and I was a very shy kid and I think I was like the last kid that you would ever think would, um, want to be on stage. Um, but there was a really amazing, um, youth theater in St. Paul where I grew up called Stepping Stone Theater and they're still there. Um, um, kind of like Grand and Victoria. And they were doing a show called Little Bird That Was Caught, the story of Jane Gibbs, um, which was a story that I knew as a kid because my father worked as the Dakota interpreter at the Jane Gibbs farm. So they, when I saw that they're auditioning for this show, I knew that story and I knew that there were Dakota people in that story, that that was part of my story, and that really excited me. And so I auditioned, and I got in, and I did that show, and kind of the rest is history, but I always use that story as an example of how important it is to um, tell stories that our communities um, relate to and see themselves in.
0: Great. So you were doing all of these projects, or had been working as an actress, and I assume you still do. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about what happened when the pandemic hit and what's changed?
1: Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. And, you know, the artist life is always unpredictable. So it feels like in a lot of ways I've been training for this in a, for a while. And that as an actor, you're used to, you know, essentially losing your job every three months once the show ends and then having to find another. So the kind of the instability of that is something that I'm comfortable with and something i've experienced with before but this has been a whole new level and that theater was really the first to go and most likely will be the last to come back and that you know live theater really requires us to be able to gather together um because that's the magic of it is being able to sit in a room together and share stories together um and we just can't do that in a safe way right now. And it'll probably be a while before we can. So when the pandemic first started to hit, it was kind of my peer group that we all lost our jobs first. And, and so I felt like within my community, we were the first ones taking it really seriously because we all had just lost our jobs and that most theaters went dark um, pretty early on before the state stay at home order was even placed. Um, most theaters had canceled their shows for at least three months. And, and now it's kind of um, ended up that most theaters are going to wait about a year. Like theaters won't um, be producing for a while now. And, so it's been, I think, a really interesting conversation that I've been having with myself and has also been having in the community, especially with, in light of what's been happening in Minneapolis after George Floyd's murder, um, is this idea of what our responsibility is to our communities in times of crisis, and um, that I think a lot of theaters have decided that, that we haven't been able or that we can't do what we're used to doing so we're just not going to do anything when I think that's really goes against what I think is our responsibility to people that as artists that in the hardest times we have to find ways to adapt and we have to find ways to um be able to show up um and um yeah support people in the ways that they need
0: So, what do you think that looks like right now you know I would be lying if I said I knew, (laughs) but I
1: think we're all still trying to figure it out. And and I think a lot of ways for me, that has turned into writing. Um, And I, again, I don't know necessarily what the end goal is, but I do just feel a responsibility to keep telling stories and to keep telling stories that I want to be heard. Um, And I do think that Really, the work right now is making sure that we move forward um, with a set of ground rules on what we need from institutions and systems and buildings, that what we need in order to move forward in a good way, in a way that makes us feel supported and makes our communities feel supported, that um, we kind of have an opportunity right now as everything's um, as Theodos have gone dark, we have a opportunity to say, okay, when we're back, that if you want us to come back with you when you turn your lights back on, this is what you have to give us and this is what you have to promise us. Mm. And in a lot of ways, that's a really powerful moment, even though a lot of what's going on right now feels pretty powerless and out of our control. But it is exciting to think that whatever comes next, we get to build.
0: Mm. So like you can come back with like having thought about reflected on the set of values uh, that artists and therefore the theater companies and all of that can put forth. Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I know it was such a, you know, there there are the, all these milestones um, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and one of them, uh, for me, I'm sure for you, was when they were like Broadway is going dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what
1: unprecedented. <gasps> and I think it was just today, or at least in the past day, that they just announced that that's going to extend till January of next year, mm. which is crazy. Like we've never really experienced that before, so it is a. a unprecedented time and a time to figure out, yeah, what does theater look like if we don't even have Broadway, which is such a, a cornerstone of this theater in this country. Mm-hmm.
0: You're listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health, I'm Leah Lem. Let's continue now with my conversation with writer and actress Isabella Starr LeBlanc. So we're not doing live theater right now, <laughs> which is a bummer. But you know what? It's it totally makes sense. Exactly. Um, how are you spending your time?
1: How am I spending my time? Um, I'm finding a lot more ease in my life, and that I think I've gotten to really dive into. You know, a lot of work that I've been saying I wanted to do or that I've always been excited to do, but just really never had the time. Um, and so it's been really fun to get to collaborate with friends and that I've had friends who are really experimenting with um Forms new, different, weird forms of theater online, and what does it mean to do like a site-specific play on Zoom? And so, there's been a lot of exploring and a lot of trial and error. And um, I've also gotten to find more time to um, explore my other forms of art, like writing. And I found myself often thinking about how native people and our relationship with art and that I think it's very different than how we're taught as a Western, um, uh, society. And that I think a lot of times we think of like people specializing in a form of art. But when I think about, you know, every native person I know is an artist in at least three different ways. And that's like, just what we've been taught is that I think of all my aunts and grandmas and sisters and, you know, somehow simultaneously they managed to be the most amazing bead workers and seamstresses and dancers and chefs and storytellers all at once and that like we're really taught as indigenous people that we are capable of multitudes and that we're renaissance people and that you know societies are healthiest when we're contributing all that we can and so that's meant that I've spent a lot more time writing and cooking and trying to be a good relative. And that's been pretty joyful.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I feel like... Um, a lot of people have become cooks now. Yep. <laughs> All our own home cooks. How did that happen? Exactly. There's <laughs> a so lot to clean. I feel like I'm a cleaning artist now, maybe more than oh, a cooking artist. I've done more
1: dishes in the past three months than I have in my entire life, I feel like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So other forms of art that you do. Um, let's see. So... The Tiwahe Foundation. It's a great place that's given out so many grants to folks in the community, um, including me. <laughs> and, um, like, kind of the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is uh, because of the Tiwahe Foundation, which is incredible. Um, and so they provide, they're now providing, or they have now provided grants to artists uh, specifically for COVID slash pandemic related art, and you are a recipient. I am. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank Um, you. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about the grant and what you are going to do?
1: Yeah. So they put a call out that they specifically wanted um, artists to submit with um, material that they had been working on or creating during covid and they really emphasize this idea of resilience and what does um, Native art say about resilience and how are we responding with resilience to this pandemic? Um, and I was really excited about that. And again, I've always known of Tiwahe and I've known about the amazing work that they do and like the countless people I know and love that they have supported and being able to follow their dreams and all that. Um, so I was really excited about that. And again, I have been writing a lot more. Um, I've never really considered myself a professional writer. It's always been something that I did on the side, but I was really excited about this idea that I had been working on, um, a lot of poetry during this time and that I do again, feel this responsibility to my community and that I don't, I don't want to disappear when I can't do theater anymore. I want to be able to still show up and support my community, um, during this pandemic when we can't be in the same room together and poetry felt like a really good way to do that. And, and so I sent a few poems their way and, um, we just had a zoom meeting with all of us who had received the grant and it was so lovely. My father also got the grant. He's a poet too. Um, And so it was so lovely to see all these Native artists and all these Native people in um, Minnesota who are doing really amazing work right now. And I will be excited to um, use this grant to continue really carving out time to um, tell the stories that I I think we need to really hear right now, because I do think there's a lot of conversations that um, are happening right now that are long overdue, and, and I want to support them.
0: That's great. Can you tell me a little bit about the work you're making or maybe what's been inspiring you and your process? Yeah, I
1: I really think that Minnesota specifically has been inspiring me recently. And that again, I spent a lot of time away from home this past year, which was really exciting and really fun. And I got to see a lot of very beautiful places and meet a lot of amazing people. Um, But I did really miss Minnesota. And by the time I got back from my last show in D.C. um, right around the new year, I was really excited to get to be home and to get to be in this place that I've been born and raised and where my family's from, where my people's from. Um, I was just excited to go back to a place where I felt so grounded And I do feel really lucky that this is where I've gotten to be during quarantine, that I miraculously was home when all this went down. Um, and so I've been finding a lot of inspiration just from being here and that I know as a Dakota person, the act of, you know, existing and finding ease and finding joy and finding home in Minnesota is a, a little bit of a revolutionary act. And, um, I've been going to the lakes a lot. I live in uptown Minneapolis. So I go to the chain of lakes at least once a day. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily call myself a nature person. I'm very much like a, a city girl and, and I don't love bugs, but I've been really amazed by the, the nature. And I've been really enamored by the nature that I've gotten to, um, be around during quarantine in a way that I haven't been when I've been traveling and even when I've been home, um, but uh, not under lockdown. And that you know, you can go to lakes, which is just blocks away from where I live. And I see ducks and geese and muskrats and just like all this nature right around me. And and I do find a lot of comfort in that. And I think that has um, really influenced my writing and that I find that most of my writing has been around about my animal neighbors that I've been meeting and getting to know kind of for the first time. And I've I really love the muskrats at the lake. They're really my favorite right now and and I know that the Ojibwe say that, you know, muskrat built the earth and so I think I've been finding a lot of comfort and just knowing that you know even when the human world might feel like it's falling apart you know the animals they're still out there and they're they're still doing good work so I think that's a lot of what my writing has been around
0: that's great (laughs) (laughs) oh man I seriously I bet the animals or at least you know a while back when everybody was staying inside were like where'd everybody go?" Hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh that's cool so eventually you'll have some work done mm-hmm. um, with writing <laughs> uh, how can we <laughs> how can we then find your work
1: um, well Tiwahe will be putting um my quarantine poems on their website and I believe on their Facebook page and so that'll be um a Way to go. I, I do think that I'm exploring new ways of sharing my work and that that's never been something that I've really thought about before is like what you do when you're a writer and how you share your writing when you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll, I'll be exploring other ways and whether that's putting it on Instagram or, you know, um, self-publishing a little um, chat book. So that is all TBD.
0: Awesome. So what's next... After you're done writing, well, after you're done with this project, <laughs> exactly. Um, what are you hoping you know, to do?
1: What I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to, um, again, yeah, really spend this time to dive into writing and really create more of a practice about writing. And then I hope that on the other side of all of this, um, as we start to like rebuild our, our arts worlds as... Um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to do in the not too distant future. Um, I'm hoping to to create more of a, I guess, a, a balanced practice in my life. And that I'm very excited at the idea of a future where I get to do theater again and also write simultaneously and also... Um, support my community in other ways. And so I think things are really up in the air right now because it doesn't, uh, I don't know quite what things are going to look like when they come back, but I'm really excited for a future where we get to do all and at once.
0: You know, I'm the kind of person who likes to plan. Uh (laughs) So it's been kind of hard, right?
1: Exactly, because it's impossible
0: to do. Yeah, and in the face of uncertainty, sometimes it's like, oh, I'll just make a contingency plan. <laughs> but right now, there'd be like way too many contingencies. Exactly. <laughs> don't
1: have the brain space for all the contingency plans.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and especially for using and sharing your gifts yeah. with everyone, community, me. <laughs> thank you. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And Ditto, I'm I'm very excited about the work that you're doing and, and the the voice that you're giving people in our community. So thank you for involving me and and all these other lovely folks that you've been interviewing.
0: Thank you so much. That means a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Isabella mentioned at the end of our conversation about imagining the future. What does that look like for her? And it goes back to the beginning of the discussion, where she was pointing out the opportunity in defining values and rules in the theater world as we make our way to the other side of the pandemic and into hopefully a more just world. And I wonder, what will that look like for me, for us all? What are our hearts telling us to do, to pay attention to? Right now we're in a moment, and I mean moment on the infinite scale of time where we're being jostled and pushed a bit harder and shifts are happening that weren't planned. There's sorrow and mourning in that and also deep beauty to make sure is nurtured. Thank you for listening today. Chimigwech, Giga Wabaman, and I wish you health. I'm Leah Lem. <coughs>
1: Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.